Hello, everyone. It is March 10th, 1938. We hope all of you were okay last week uh, on March 3rd when the L.A. flood of 1938 postponed our ceremony. But thankfully, we were able to resume a week later uh, at the lovely Biltmore Hotel for the 10th Annual Academy Awards. And uh, we have uh, the big award of the night coming up. And I, I have no idea what's going to win. <laughs> so just go ahead and... The envelope, please. And the winner is brrr, the life of Emil Zola. Oh, that's our winner. That's uh, that's choice. <laughs> that's not what I voted for. No, so <laughs> it's sure what I voted for. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the envelope, please. Oh, it's the life of. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought we were doing that. You said the envelope, please, and. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused. <laughs> you already you know what you know what it is. Yes, we are honoring the films of nineteen. I think I forgot to say that part. We're honoring the films in nineteen thirty seven. Nineteen thirty seven. That's yes. the, that's the competition year. This is the competition year, um, and uh, goodness, this is uh, a movie that won Best Picture. It sure is. That's uh, uh, that's all I have to say so far. Yeah. Um, um, let's look at the other nominees, shall we? Oh, by the way, uh, Sam. Oh. Back here. Rants over we're, here. Oh, right over there. Wh- where am I? <laughs> you're right over there. <laughs> we're sitting, in case you're wondering, we're sitting on a couch. <laughs> we're not in the Biltmore Hotel. I wish we were. We're not at the Biltmore Hotel. I wish we were. The flood. Wait, talk about this flood. I had no idea. I just read this online. Apparently, really? uh, there was the great flood of 19... 19- 38. Los um, Angeles it has had its a own flood. it has its own Wikipedia page so it was a really big oh. deal um, and I excuse me I'm waiting for that page to load so I can give you Your... whatever the cursory description that all of our viewers <laughs> could Google for themselves <laughs> my favorite oh glorious oh glorious there's a picture page. guys you gotta oh, wow. you gotta look at this picture um, and because uh, the LA River uh, apparently didn't do so hot during this. Wow. Between oh, we're making all these jokes, but apparently between 113 and 115 people were killed. Oh God! But can I also say like between 113 and 115 is like usually when it's a range, it's like between 100 and, uh, and 200. And yeah. No, it's they're not sure about if, that 14th or 15th yeah, person. Yeah, right. <laughs> Two people may or may not have died. Maybe they're just like they were never found. That's dark. That's that is dark. dark. We're dying. Saw, the last time we're dying ever, in floods. Ever had water in it? We're dying in floods. Yeah, that's the sure. only way karma is going to make up for this. That's crazy, though. It delayed the Academy Awards. It did. Is for, that the only time the Oscars week. have been delayed? Um, I don't think so. There's the writer's strike. The writer's strike. I didn't delay the Oscars though. It, it messed with the Golden Globes, but not the Oscars. Yes, I think there's something else later that I've read about. I don't think it's still like. I, I don't think it's still later. 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 Yeah. Um. I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. What do we know? It's only the 10th ceremony. This was the first time it was delayed. This was the first time. We don't even know about anything after 1937. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. How many nominees do we have for picture this year? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 again. 10 again. Um, We have uh, The Awful Truth. Mm. we're for best director so this year. So good. No. I, I told you about. Yes. I would talk to you about. The, I think I mentioned this movie a few weeks ago when we did uh, when we did uh, Cimarron. Yes. Because it stars Irene Dunn and Cary Grant. Correct. Um, and if you ever get a chance to watch any, they made three movies together. The other two are My Favorite Wife and Penny Serenade. 
Um, Penny Serenade is his one of his only Oscar nominations. Cary oh, wow. Grant, he got right. nominated twice, and that's one of them. And um, none but the Lonely Heart, right? That's yeah, that's one. correct. Oh, welcome. <laughs> Look at you go. He did get an honorary award, but he never he never won an Oscar. True, which yeah. is upsetting in its own right. Very but um, the awful truth um, is uh, a screwball comedy with uh, Cary Grant and Irene Dunn. Mm-hmm. And it is just about this like divorced couple, this couple that gets divorced or is getting divorced. They're in the process of getting divorced because they decide they're over each other for oh, no right. reason. But then as both of them respectively move on, they start trying to sabotage each other's oh, efforts fun. to move move on. That's fun. And she like comes in and pretends to be like his southern sister and like puts on a, a ridiculous southern accent. And okay. I, it's like it's hard it's just like a series of misadventures. Love it. And they have a dog that is played by the same I'm about to say this, and it may be incorrect. Oh. So I'm gonna look this up before I finish. Please do the dog. The dog. They have a dog. There's a dog in the movie. Uh, oh my gosh! Who is the same dog from the Thin Man? There it is. Okay. Oh yay! Oh, I love that dog. The dog is that dog is also in Bringing Up Baby as well. Yes, I was I was gonna ask actually if it was the same dog from Bringing Up Baby. Yeah, yeah. That's also a, a very famous dog part. Anyway, so that's my cell of the awful truth. Now you have to go watch it. I will watch it. Uh, Captain's Courageous, famous book. Yes, and this would be Spencer Tracy's Academy Award win for he Best Actor. He does win. Be- it's his first of two. He's going to win have another one. Have you seen this movie? I haven't. Have you? I've seen scenes from it. It's really funny because Spencer Tracy is trying to do, I believe it's a Portuguese accent. Oh, so he's actually going for the accent. Yes, he is. Does it not come out well? It's not great. It's not actually. It's very, like, it seems like a very stereotyped. Yeah. Um, and also, Spencer Tracy is just not Portuguese, so it kind of is just a little awkward. It's so awkward. Um, but he plays an, an endearing enough character that you kind of forgive him. For the accent. Eventually. <laughs> you know, it's funny, because there's, it, I feel like later in his career, um, particularly, like, Inherit the Wind, he's mm. brilliant. Brilliant. You know, yes. and you... He's totally an actor who deserves two Oscars, but I wonder if, like, if you were to look at it back on it, like, did he win for the right two movies? Probably not, no. Maybe yeah. Boys Town. But this one, this is also one of the only movies that um, Spencer Tracy has said that he's a little embarrassed by. He doesn't like watching. And he watch got it. an Oscar for it. And he got an Oscar for is it. Isn't he that weird? still alive? You talked about him in the present. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pen pals. We love him. <laughs> me and Spencer go way... I should... Spence. Me and Spence go way back. I will say, like... No matter, like, people are divided on the film I'm about to mention uh, for several reasons. But uh, the uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner mm. is his last movie, and he does have a great exit. Absolutely. A great screen exit. He has a speech at the end of that film that mm. is probably about as nice a way to go out as you could possibly Definitely. ask for. And I think it helps that he's aided in that movie by Catherine Hepburn. I mean, the two of them on screen together, it's magic. perfect. Yeah, it is magic. And they make lots of movies. Lots of movies, which um, we'll get into more in the Yeah, 40s. I think some of them are nominated for stuff, so we'll sure. talk about them. But they don't know each other yet. Nope. Not in real life. Um, Dead End? I don't know anything about Dead End. I know nothing about it. Um, but it's uh, it's an indie, so that's interesting. Oh. Um, because it was released by United Artists, and that was... Um, United Artists came around to... Uh, release more independent productions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more like actor-run productions. At this point, they were releasing Selznick's 
movies, mm. um, all these Selznick International features, and the Samuel Goldwyn films, um, who was a whose name is on Metro Goldwyn Mayer, but he was never a part of Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Mm, it was the company he started that he left consolidated with Metro and uh-huh. Mayer, and he was never part of MGM, and but his name up. is there. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of MGM, uh, The Good Earth, which uh, probably doesn't date well. Um. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, we can get into this for a hot second. This I've was... caught part of this on TV before. I haven't. Um, but Louise Rainer is in this movie. She wins. And she wins Best Actress. This would be the for first second. back-to-back win. Spencer Tracy's going to repeat that he next sure year. will next year. Louise Reiner's was... the first one. Yeah. Uh, and she plays... I mean, she's supposed to play, like, an... A Chinese woman. Chinese, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. she's of Asian descent, but she's definitely not Asian. Um, no, she is not Asian no, at all. No, she's not. But isn't also Paul Muniz in this film, and he's also playing a Chinese man as well, right? Oh, do you know who was part Asian? Who was a mo- You know, um, she starred in the movie Wuthering Heights, Merle Ober- Oberon. Oh. She was part Asian, but they... They hid that part of her history from from the studio, even though she was That's half or a quarter sure um, Asian, because they they hid her mixed race history. Isn't it funny how like, that just seems so ridiculous now, as ridiculous yep. as an Austrian playing a Chinese woman. But you know, uh, and Paul Muni, who uh, we uh, will talk more about in just a second. Yes, um, he. Uh, plays he's the co-star in The Good Earth. And yeah. he um, also plays a Chinese man. <laughs> Heavy makeup. Heavy makeup, and it just looks... That's one of those movies where you look at like stills from it now, and you're just kind of like, Oh, this Oof. is offensive. This is offensive and rough. This is not date well. No. Um, and for whatever narrative qualities or pacing might exist in the movie that works, I feel like... Retrospectively, it it it's never gonna play like it did in 1937. No, you definitely know we not. we can't we can't look at it from eyes that are not educated. <laughs> exactly, sense, you know. Yeah, you can't um, go back <laughs> because it, it, when the Good Earth was released, uh, there was a an Asian actress of note who existed. Um, yes, Anna Mae Wong. Yes, and she absolutely could have done this part. She wanted to. She wanted. To. You're right. Oh my god, I do remember reading about this. Yes. yes. She wanted to, and they wouldn't give it to her. Nope. That's so frustrating. It is. In Old Chicago, In which Old is Chicago. a very fictionalized version of the Great Chicago Fire. Yes. Which did not start with a cow. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary to popular belief. Um, I have not seen the movie, so I don't know what version of that it shows. I have not seen it, but this was a movie that won Best Supporting Actress for Alice Brady this year. Yeah, she was nominated the year before because she's the mom in My Man Godfrey. Uh, she's great in My Man Godfrey. She's delightful. She's so I'm so funny. okay with her having an Oscar. She deserves one, yes. Yeah, she has the, the little pixies yes. that she sees in the... She's, yeah, she's, she is a delightful um, character actress again. Yeah, Lost Horizon, another Frank Capra movie. I've seen it. Um, it's one of those movies where they cut it up after it was released because it wasn't doing as well at the box office and so there's minutes from the movie that are missing and they tried they found the soundtrack but they didn't find the footage they use stills to recreate interesting the missing minutes which they also do with the judy garland version of a star is born there's oh several minutes of that movie that are not 
that don't exist anymore. Right. So uh, when you watch Lost Horizon, you like you uh, have to be prepared for the fact that there's like ten minutes or so that don't exist anymore. Don't exist. Gotcha. Um, and you just have to Go watch what's there. But it is a very interesting story about these people who crash land from an airplane and they discover Shangla-Ra, which is this mythical area in the Himalayas where it's an idealistic society where nobody ages. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and then to leave that area is to age dramatically and That's perish. interesting. Yeah. And it stars Concept. Ronald Coleman. Ooh. Um, would win an Oscar later. Yes, he would. Um, and uh, and Jane Wyatt is the co-actress. I, she <laughs> probably haven't heard as much about her. But um, it is Robert Riskin, who writes a lot of Frank Capra stuff. Mm-hmm. And and Frank Capra made it. And it's 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 a little bit... It's It has a feeling like if the last part of It's a Wonderful Life was a whole movie. Oh, gotcha. That okay. kind of, like, darkness. Very cool. So yeah. It's kind of like Frank Capra playing with this um, storyline a little bit earlier on. 100 Men and a Girl, which is the one I was talking about last week. Mm-hmm. This is when it's nominated. It's another uh, Deanna Durbin movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stage Door. Ooh, we get Stage Door. Is so damn good. Very good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Catherine Hepburn... Catherine Hepburn, you have um, Lucille Ball, you have Ginger Ginger Rogers, Rogers and then you have what's her nuts who was nominated for um, uh, Andrea Leeds, uh, who is nominated for Best Supporting Actress for the movie, and oh, she's really good in it. She is, and she has a really good part playing a. Uh, uh, I don't even know what you would say. She's she's depressed, troubled actress, very troubled. Yeah. Um, it shows. It's funny. But it also really effectively shows the dark side of uh, the acting world. Absolutely. It, it More so than I think any other movie I've seen from this period, it, it really shows that it shows that the game of chance and how tough it is to try and make it in the entertainment world. Yeah, and how even a little failure can destroy you sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. how you can have a great success one year and then yeah. be at rock bottom the next year. Totally. Um, but if you would like, would like to see Lucille Ball in a supporting role before she's famous. Yes. And she doesn't sound like Lucille Ball. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like when I watch this movie, you're expecting to like, kind of see There's Lucy. Lucy. Exactly. But she sounds different. She even looks different. Like, she's not the Lucille Ball that you know from the Lucy show. No, she's more of all. a, she's more of a, like a, a street smart, yeah. wisecracking dame. Definitely. She's kind of a little badass bitch, kind of. Yeah. Know? It's, it's like, oh, It's great. And, yeah. And Catherine Hepburn comes in as the one who comes from a privileged life and she's nothing like she's, this other. She's literally herself. <laughs> she's literally herself. It's, it's a great little movie. It I is. Highly it's a really good movie. It. The last nominee here is uh, another movie we've both seen, I believe, because yes. we've talked a lot about this. Uh, a Star is Born. Mm, mm. And this would be my pick for Best Picture. I Can we also say, this is my pick for the best version of A Star is Born. Oh, hands down. Easily this is the best version of A Star is Born. We've had four versions now. Yes. Uh, this one we have, obviously... There's the, also a movie that came out a couple of years before this one uh, called What Price Hollywood. Right. Um, which is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it is A Star is Born. Except, right, because this was based off of that. Yes, yeah. but 
but it wins best. But A Star Is Born won best original story, which is interesting. It's not an original story because it's not very. And like the apparently um, RKO tried to sue. Did they really United Artists over uh, over A Star Is Born? Oh my god! Um, and it was thrown out for whatever reason, or they did something. That's so but, silly. So there's kind of it's like depending on who you talk to, there's either four or five versions of the true, true, true. But but it's, it's great in my opinion because you get. Um, you get. <laughs> no worries. <man>. We. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should just like include this. Uh, yeah, we should. <laughs> my, my, we're in my living room. <laughs> oh, if you heard of the door slam, that was that was done as a comedic timing situation. My roommate was pretending to try to be really quiet. <laughs> Uh, because he had to come into the living room, which is also our recording studio. Absolutely. Um, the fanciest <laughs> here. The envelope, please. <laughs> we also just recorded three episodes in a row. We did. We are yeah. like, we are. you guys don't know what it's like here. We're punching them out. A Star is Born. I will say this. This is a really fun movie to watch because we have Janet Gaynor in this movie, who was the first actress to win Best Actress for silent films. Which I believe they use her real Oscar in one scene. And isn't that wonderful? Yeah, because she, love that in the movie... If you've seen, I, I'm assuming most of our listeners have probably now seen the, at least the version with Lady Gaga and I'm Bradley sure. Cooper. Um, in this version and the version with Judy Garland, um, it is about an actress, not a music artist. Correct. And so the big scene at the Grammys with Gaga, in, with Gaga and with Streisand. And Streisand, yeah. She also has a Grammy scene. Yep. The version that with with Gaga. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, is uh, is it's it's much it's pretty similar to the Barbara Streisand version. Yeah. This version is very similar as well, but it's about the movie world and the Oscars or the big award ceremony in the yeah. film. Same thing in, with uh, Judy Garland. Um, and when they have the Oscar scene, Janet Gaynor had an Oscar, so they she sure did. They use her real one, I believe. Absolutely. But it's fun to like watch her in a movie and like hear her speak and realize that she's just an incredibly gifted actress. In the silent movies, yes, talking movies, she's just really she transitioned talented. to sound so well, so so well. And she, uh, they don't talk a lot about her, but she she worked consistently for the first ten or so years of the sound area era. And I think she kind of chose to bow out on her own too. Yeah, it she wasn't. kind of retired a little bit. Yeah, she retired on her own, so she could have kept going. But she. Um, She's very effective in the movie. She does a great job with this starstruck little character who grow. It likes a great character arc. Yeah. But Frederick March as as the the Bradley Cooper role in the the in, newest version. The newest Lady version. Um, Norman Maine. Yeah. I was trying to think of the character. Um, which uh, I think what did they call him in? They kept the name Maine in the new one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's um. Gosh. It's... Nope. Can't remember. No. Sure can't. Um, they kept the name Maine. Jackson Maine. Jackson Maine. That's Main. what it is. Yeah, it's yep. Jackson Maine. They made it more country. They sure did. But uh, but the the way he portrayed... I mean, like, uh, we didn't know a lot about alcoholism in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. I say we like I was alive. Um, and addiction was still something that was not... As oftenly discussed, it's kind of hush hush. Yeah, yeah I was like, we don't want to talk about it. It's he, your own personal business. He does such a good job playing an alcoholic in that movie. Yeah, it's scary good. 
like he I'm so happy he has two Oscars Me because too. he is so brilliant. So gifted and so talented. He's also very good looking. <clears throat> very good looking. And I will say this too. In my opinion, again, this would have been a wonderful opportunity to be the year where we get the first um, best actor, best actress wins for the same movie. I would have been totally okay with that. Totally okay. I think both Friedrich March and Janet Gaynor should have won Oscars for this film. It's, 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 yeah, it's just really good. Great movie. I... And definitely, yeah, 100%. Said, the best version of a Star the is best, Born. The best actor, actor's and category. the shortest version of a Star is Born, which is It's just, under two hours long. Yes. You don't have to take forever to tell the story. You don't. And it moves really well. Yeah, it so does. Well. And it's an early Technicolor film. Yeah. Um, it's not the first. Um, I hate it when I hear people say, like, oh, yeah, The Wizard of Oz was the first color movie. It's like, you know nothing about film. You know nothing. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, but... Uh, I have heard people say that they think Gone with the Wind is a first color movie. No. <laughs> they didn't... Like, okay, kids. They didn't just, like, wake up and know how to do color movies one day. Mm-hmm. If you watch some of the mid... Like, the first ones... The first three-strip Technicolor film is Becky Sharp. Three-strip Technicolor means that you filmed with a humongous camera on three stri- separate strips of film at the same time. One of which was tinted cyan... One was tinted magenta, and one was tinted yellow. You combine those three together into one piece of film, and that is the negative of the movie, basically. Um, Or the negative of... They combine them, and when you watch the dailies, you're watching a combination of those three things, and eventually they're all married together. Mm -hmm. And um, those three together create full color, basically. It's like... It's like what you learn in school about the three primary colors. Yeah. It's it's the same theory. Before that, there was an, a process that existed that was two-strip Technicolor. And there were some movies that were made in two-strip Technicolor that were distributed in both color and black and white. And most of those movies only exist in black and white now because right. they, didn't, they didn't keep the old film stock. Uh, so there were other versions of color. In the silent era, they would paint yes. film strips. So like color wasn't new. But in the late 30s is when you get a lifelike full color, yes. finally. Because correct me if I'm wrong, it was very expensive to film in color mm-hmm. in those early movies. So that's why you don't see a lot of color films, even into the 40s and the 50s. You know what I mean? You're still getting a lot of black and white movies because it was cheaper to do. It was a lot cheaper to do black and white. When color was initially uh, brought on, you know, there's people who were like, it's hard on the eyes to watch for that long. Totally, because they only, and also like, they um, were still working out on how to light a color movie, lit very differently than a black and white film. That'd be a lot brighter, much hotter. Yes, and also, let's also, you know, be real here too, like when you see an actor in a black and white film versus a color film, they just look different. And I think some actors were more comfortable being in a black and white film because it's a little bit more kind to your it, appearance. It is. It's a little bit easier easier to... That whole, like, soft focus, you know, that people became known for. It's just... It's, when you think of, like, old Hollywood, you think of just that glamour, black and white, mm-hmm. close-up, kind of blurry shot. But you can't really do in color. You can't do that. You cannot do that in color as much. Uh, color is not as forgiving. But... Mm-hmm. The, the the thing that's interesting is, like, I, I think it's interesting to watch A Star is Born, a movie that's in color. It's also tough to find a good copy of A Star is Born, I will say, because it is in the public domain. So there are a lot of inferior-looking versions of that that exist. Right. Um, so if you watch it on YouTube and you think it looks kind of washed out, just know that it probably wouldn't look like that if you were watching a good print Version of the movie. Of it, yeah. yeah. Um, but... Uh, 
the you get to see some on location shots of LA in the movie. Yes. There's shots of the Chinese theater. Which is so fun. I love movies that are set in LA that use LA. Um, you know, having lived here now for ten years, it's really fun to see what Hollywood looked like back then. Oh yeah. I, I, I love, love that, that stuff. kind of stuff. Uh, this is also Selznick again, who's been getting who's been racking up those best picture nominees. Um, he'll get a couple sure wins and very soon. But uh, this is uh, this is a Selznick International release, and surprisingly, it's not an adaptation of a famous novel. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? We're all branching out. I mean, like he's just going a little from his literary roots. Yes. Okay, so. What actually won Best Picture? I, I, I love that we're like almost 30 minutes into this episode and we have not even talked about the Best Picture winner. What does that tell you guys? We're so anxious to talk now, the about winner, it. We are. The winner, The Life of Emile Zola. This um, is not a winner that people talk about. I, I, I would not be surprised if none of you have ever even heard of this movie. But get it's, this, it was chosen for the National Film Registry. Was it? Yes. I will explain the plot. I think I know why it was. Go for it. Okay. The movie is about... um, It's about an author named Emile Zola. Uh, The first section of the movie deals with him becoming a popular author in France. Mm -hmm. Um, He is played by Paul Muni, who I will say does... I mean, like, Paul Muni looks very different in every single movie you watch him in because he, oh, yeah. he does the makeup. He, does, he he looks... He's a great... He looks like whoever he's playing. Character actor. He's a great like character Like a leading actor. character actor. You yes. Know? No, he's... he's I kind of like Christian Bale today. You yes. know? Uh, very he's transformative. Like a, a Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. You know, yeah, he, totally. He is, he is that, and I don't want to knock his ability at For all. sure. He definitely deserves an Oscar. He has one, so yeah. for something else. But yes. um, uh, wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> Come on, God! I think that's an exact quote. It's it's. You have to wash your hands. Oh my God! You have, have the watch. diphtheria. I don't know what disease. I have to watch this movie now. I gotta watch. The I know. Story of Louis Pasteur. Uh, but but this movie is about him playing this author who. Um, Ends up being kind of like a controversial figure here and there because he he deals with uh, some of the uh, politics in France and the military in France and all these things that higher ups don't want him to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he this movie does end up focusing in on one particular section of his life because he very controversially advocates for a man who is Jewish. Mm-hmm. Alfred Dreyfus. Yes, Alfred Dreyfus. Real life situation here. Huh. This actually happened. And of the real life movies we've talked about, because uh, we had the biopic last week, and we yeah. had the um, and Mutant we had Mutant the, the Bounty Year. This is probably the one that's the most accurate to what yes. actually happened. Um, he ends up advocating for this guy um, who is uh, convicted of uh, of treason for sharing secrets. Uh, during a war between Germany and France that I don't know anything about, uh, to the Germans. And um, he ends up advocating for him because it's very clear that this guy was railroaded in order to save face with the military. Very wrongfully imprisoned. That all sounded so much more exciting than the movie. Probably because, again, like we experienced (laughs) last year with the great Ziegfeld, 
the first half of this movie is just so pointless. Like, we don't need to have an hour of you showing me him writing books. You know what I mean? Like, we get it. I feel like we could have, this movie could have opened where we just opened with him being, with this being the story that we get. Yeah, because we open with him being a young, um, kind of penniless author, um, which we don't need that. We could open up where he already is a popular author, um, mm-hmm. and then where he gets mixed up with the Dreyfus And apparently and the thing they're the, the least accurate about is the way they depict him as... Of course. Because the the novel they show being the one that makes him super famous, it was like the ninth novel he had oh written. Oh my gosh. That, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nana. You know, it's... Nana. Right. About the prostitute, right? About the prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's also why it's a little awkward in the beginning because we are in the era of the production code now and there were things that they weren't allowed to talk about. Prostitution being a huge one of them. So they work around it. Totally. So you're kind of like, is she a prostitute? Is she not? Why are they so upset about him writing this book about just this poor woman? Oh, she is a... You know, it's it's very unclear. It's very unclear. And that's same with the Dreyfus Affair as well. You know, this is one of the first cases dealing with anti-Semitism and they didn't want to... Actually, who... We're talking about Warner Brothers... Um, Warner Brothers, who were Jewish, absolutely, but they need to mention that. Yes, and they yeah. made sure that the word Jew was never spoken in this movie. The because... only time, the only reason you know he's Jew is there is a shot mm-hmm. where, where they, where you see the word Jew describing this person and a list of facts about the person. Yep, like where he's from time. and stuff, and they point to the word Jew and cut away. Uh huh. And like it's it's which it's is the quickest cut in the whole movie. Very very true. <laughs> it is implied though that it's like oh we're looking for a guy to pin this treason charge on this guy we don't know anything about we know he's Jewish let's go for him. That's kind of what they're implying, which is where the anti-Semitism comes from. Yes. But again, they couldn't actually say it out loud, which makes it a little or, awkward. Or they chose not to because I don't think I th- it, like from what I understand at this point in time. That was less about the production code and more about the fact that Hollywood still wanted to be able to export their movies to Germany. Truth, yes. Good and point. And so nobody was willing to take a stand. Good point, because we are, I mean, we are a few years away from World War II. You and these know? are, this is, to, to give an idea here, like this was, that was like a business decision. Absolutely. Because these are, these are people, these are Jewish men making this decision. This mm-hmm. isn't Jewish, this isn't anti-Semitism at the heads of the studios. This is just, like, we don't want to rock the boat. Very true. You know? Yes, yes, good point. Which, yes. interestingly, within a couple years, like, this happens, and this is a big deal, because this doesn't, because this does have an effect on foreign imports for Warner Brothers. And then in 1939, they they make um, Confessions of a Nazi Spy, mm, which, right. um, 1939, two years before, before we get involved in the war, mm-hmm. and just the year the war begins actually and wb warner brothers does start taking a stand with it before other people do Mm -hmm. and warner brothers was i believe the first of the major studios to pull distribution from uh from germany from germany so so to their credit yes we are in a little bit of an awkward in-between phase where they yes you're right they're trying to stay face they don't want to rock the boat too much so yeah that makes sense but because of that the movie comes across a little discombobulated. Yeah, because you only have that one subtle, subtle thing that happens, and Very then the subtle. rest of its implication. It's just like what upsets me is like this is such an interesting case, and 
the acting, you know, in the second half of the movie is very entertaining, but, like, the last ten minutes are so rushed... Yes. That it's like, we could have spent 30, 40 minutes on this conclusion and had none of that earlier stuff that we don't even need. Yeah. That's where I just am like, you know, we're still figuring out how to actually frame a good biopic movie. Which um, they do play with the way, with, like, apparently he died in 1906. Spoiler alert, he dies at the end of this film. Uh, Mil Zola. Oh, yeah. Um, and so he did not, he died in 1902. And the guy was released in 1906. And they play, and they show it in the movie where he dies like the night before. Literally the night before, he's released, yeah. which isn't how that went down. The guy who played Alfred Dreyfus, uh, whose name is Joseph, oh, I can't wait to hear you say his last name. Is it Skillkraut? Is that right? Schild Schildkraut. Yes, Joseph Schildkraut, who won Best Supporting Actor for this performance. He's for playing Alfred Dreyfus. He, he's very good. I mean, like, okay, I will tell you, there is the scene where I was like, okay. This has a moment of greatness in it. It's when he finally gets released from prison. He walks out oh, of the gate. Yes. He goes to the yes. door, and then it's like he doesn't know what to do. He turns around, walks he's, back he, into the cell. He comes is out again. in jail for a long, long time. A long time, yeah. and like in seclusion, you know. So he's finally released, and it's like he doesn't mm -hmm. believe it. Almost, he's like trying to walk out of the building, but he keeps walking in and out of his cell not even sure how to begin and it's really touching that moment of the film i'm like okay you get an oscar i get it go f good for you i also like i like that too that because this ends up being a movie that i think it was in the national film registry because it does have this very subtle um uh depiction of anti-semitism <clears throat> it is nice that a jewish man i just looked it up he oh, is good. jewish oh, um uh one best supporting actor so like all of that does feel probably historically significant yeah and i can see why that was a big deal at the time yes um just as a movie yeah and i'll say this too like you know clearly he is a very talented actor that scene aside, I feel like the only thing he actually says in this movie is, I am innocent. He says it like a thousand times. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not given a lot to do. Exactly. Gail Sondergaard. Like, could have used him more. Gail Sondergaard, who we talked about, she plays his wife, though. Plays his wife, and she's delightful in this movie. She's, she's very delightful. Good. But again, it's interesting. She has like second billing and she doesn't do much. She doesn't but, do much. Um, <laughs> doesn't do much. It's, uh, it's kind of the, it's, it's the Paul Muni show. But, um, for sure. But it's still not like, it's it's yeah. just it's 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 slow. It's slow, and it, it just seems a little awkward for today. What's interesting too about this, um, Paul Muni, who was who we you know won last year. Luis Reiner won last year. Luis mm -hmm. Reiner won again this year. Paul Muni is again nominated this year. Uh, I'd read somewhere that Paul Muni told Luis Reiner he was like, no one will ever win two years in a row, which is why he didn't even show up. He's like, I'm not going to the Oscars. I'm not going to win twice in a row. Louise Reiner was like, oh, you're right. And she did win two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, god damn it. Well, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, that... that uh, yeah. It, Isn't that funny? It, it, that is funny. It's interesting. I don't know. I feel like... Um, it's like you look at some of these winners and you're like, okay, historically, I see what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And I see that maybe even voting for this movie was Hollywood beginning to make a stand totally and so if you look at it from that lens even yes. though it's very subtle in how it does it it's still i am you sure was a big deal yeah um particularly with so many of the studios even warner brothers trying not to rock the boat mm -hmm. the fact is doing this however subtly still 
does say something. Because people are still going to know who Alfred Dreyfus was. You know, I mean, this was only 30 years ago when this happened. This so was people, recent history. Yeah, so people are going to be familiar with who this was, and they know he was Jewish, and they understand what happened. Even so, if they missed that moment in the movie, it's they, not like... Yeah, they still know who we're talking about. And so... Maybe it's important for this to have won for it to because it said something. Yeah. But if we're talking about the best movie of 1937, you and I can both attest to the night 1937. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we can both attest to the fact that there are better movies that came out this year. Totally. But again, now we're kind of seeing to another, kind of the sort of another trend at the Oscars too. The as the Oscars picking a movie that's the right political move, mm-hmm. you know, which we're going to, we'll, we'll get into a lot in later years too. It seems to happen more and more these days. Well, it's funny because I feel like we had a few winners in a row. You know, we talked a little bit about politics when we did All Quiet on the Western Front. Very true. We had, we've gone a little bit where we haven't really talked about politics. Yeah. Other than it happened when night showed a healthy amount of the Great Depression. Yes. Um, but other than that, I feel like the last few years have been much more escapist. Very true. Have, have, have grand spectacle movies. Yeah, yeah. Have had less to do with what's actually going on in the country. Uh-huh. And maybe the only real political message is that they served as diversions for the people going to see them. True. Allowed them to not think about how poor they were at mm-hmm. this point in time. But this movie has a message. And so maybe that's where we can make peace with the fact that it won Best Picture. Agreed. Yes. It is. Yeah, you're right. It is an important message movie. And it's, I will say, when you get to the end of it and he's finally released and it's like, oh, he's, and he's given, um, you know, his Mm -hmm. um, uniform back. And it's like, oh, this is, this is touching. But it's like, you you get frustrated because it's like, this is your movie, you know? Why, why not expand upon this? And how much of that is touching just because we know it's real? As totally, opposed to totally, the movie yeah. itself, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the second half of this movie is way more entertaining than the first half. Yeah. Um, it which is, is something we've talked a lot about now recently. So, I yeah. think there's still, yeah, you know, with these earlier films, it's it's a little, it's just a different biopic than we're experiencing today. Yeah, it's I, it's like that this particular genre is not something they've they've totally... Mastered, yeah. They've totally mastered. Um, <laughs> which is silly because this movie also won uh, the Best Screenplay Award. Um, as well, it's like, well, it's not the best screenplay, but no, it's not. Maybe for 1937, maybe it was like you know back then people appreciated when you did more than you needed to. It felt like a bigger movie if we saw more of his life, you know. Where... Yeah, looking at it in context, it's just so funny because looking at it and taking it out of context, you look back and you're like, man, if I if people were to look at movies from 1937 and I want them to like old movies, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to look at 1937 and say, okay, well, this was the best picture. This isn't what's going to turn them on. Definitely old movies, not. But there are, like, half of these nominees would make them. Yes, they hold up way they better. Hold up, they hold up really well. Stage Door is Stage door. incredibly entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, A Star is Born is the best version of that story. Absolutely. And which should we holds up. I have to mention one more thing about Star Yes, Ford. please. All four of the movies. And also, there's a line in What Price Hollywood, actually, that where he says, I just wanted to hear your voice one more time. But all four of the movies called A Star is Born have the moment that everyone was talking about in the trailer for A Star is Born last year, where he's like, he's like, I just wanted to take, hey, what? I just wanted to take another look at you. Yep. All four of the movies with the title A Star is Born have that moment it's a good moment yeah it's a really strong moment yeah it's uh it is a strong moment apparently worth repeating several 
several times. Several times. I mean, like, I think the verbiage shifts a little bit. Like, yes. it's a little bit more proper when Frederick March says it. Yeah, definitely. It's very pro- proper when James Mason says it. And then <laughs> it's looser when Chris Christopherson says it. <laughs> very true. It's downright country when, when Bradley yes. Cooper says it. But you get my point. I get your point. Yes. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that would I have just, been my pick for best picture. I can't stop. I just want to talk. Can we just do a podcast on <laughs> just on a star sport? I guess oh, a star sport wouldn't say anything about other than the fact that we're we're getting used to color movies. I don't know what it would say. Yeah, I don't know. It would be. It's one of the first movies that's been nominated that is in a subcategory that the Oscars love, though. Which is movies about Hollywood. Movies about Hollywood. Movies about themselves. You know, Hollywood loves. Loves a good circle jerk. Very true. <laughs> Ain't that true? Oh boy. Um, I mean, so would you would you recommend Life of Emile Zola? Kind of a tricky question. I, I I don't know. I guess I wouldn't. I can't. I guess I would say I I wouldn't to an average person. No. Yeah. I maybe if you're a huge cinephile and you're really you really, want to get through the best pictures. Yeah. Give or it a watch. if this is something that you're interested in as far as historic. If yeah, like you're true. a history buff and you would are interested in this time period, yeah, maybe. Um, but otherwise, it just it does not. It's not as it's not it's very not, entertaining. It's not very entertaining. No, it's it's, really not. it's. I think what people think of when they think of a costume drama, mm-hmm. this is the image. Definitely, or when people are like, "Oh, old movies in black and white, they're just boring and long." You look at this movie, you're kind of like, "No, nah, you have a point." <laughs> yeah, no. This this makes that seem like a thing, but it's it's not. You should go watch it happen one night and meet yes. me on the bounty. <laughs> no kidding. No um, kidding. And there are we're I I gotta tell you I am really looking forward to the stretch of films that we have coming up. As am I. We're definitely getting into some of the good stuff now. I mean, what's what's your favorite decade of movies? The forties. The forties. I know. Me too. Forties and fifties. They're like, oh, they're so good. The f- well, I mean, like. The 30s is interesting because, um, and there's a lot of good movies in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are not the ones that won Best Picture. Uh, <laughs> the 30s are interesting because you, you're watching as the studio system kind of perfects its craft. Yes. And in 39, the great year, 1939, it's like we figured it out and they're perfect now. Yeah, and you get all examples. these solid movies. Mm-hmm. And then the 40s is, is World War II has such a far-reaching effect on movies Hollywood in general and Hollywood in general it upends everything you get lots of movies that are very patriotic you get um, a cynicism in movies that starts with the film noir yes um, and that's like my favorite genre of classic films the early film noir movies are just so good like double indemnity oh my gosh and uh, there's so many there's so many dark dark so many good ones. Maltese Falcon. And, Maltese Falcon. And uh, these movies that are... Mildred Pierce. Mildred Pierce. <laughs> Love it. Love um, it. Uh, the, you know, you get this, this new set of actors, uh, people like um, Robert Mitchum, who are gruff and yeah. are not the Cary Grant, Clark Gable. Totally. They're a little rougher mold. around the They're edges. They're rougher. And then you get, you know, like Jimmy Stewart has two very distinct periods before the war and after the war. Yes. And you get a different Jimmy Stewart when he comes back. And yes, you do. 
and you get a different Frank Capra. You get a different William Wyler. Yes. You know? it, it really did change Hollywood. Yeah. And so the 40s is so interesting as a historical piece. And also the movies are uniformly well-made and entertaining. Definitely. In the 50s, you know, you get a new style of acting that comes in. You get yes. television coming in as a competition. You get widescreen. Yeah. You get... Absolutely. Um, you get these uh, rougher, grittier stories mm-hmm. that go out of film noir and go into the mainstream. Definitely. And I think Hollywood starts to take risks, which is exciting to Because they have to. They have to. They have to. They really do. It's... And that's what's really interesting to start seeing is we're going to keep going along you're going to start seeing Hollywood continue to reinvent itself mm-hmm. um, and that's what's so fascinating about the Oscars is they are these slice of Hollywood life and where they were at each year which is what we've been talking about and sometimes what a lot of times really what the Academy wants to single out what the industry wants to single out isn't necessarily what's going on but the Academy always ends up catching up yes you know, they'll get there. <laughs> they'll they always end up getting there, but it's kind of like how it take ninety years, but they'll get there. <laughs> flash ahead, Oliver is a really weird movie to win Best Picture in nineteen sixty eight, and it doesn't. It's a very bad example of what's going on with movies in nineteen sixty eight. Oh lordy, um, yes. Oh, we'll get into the Vietnam era too. Good lord, the Vietnam era. There's so much to look forward to there coming really up, is. and so... I feel like getting through Zola. Gets us. I mean, this is ten years of Oscars. I feel like we just got through the the figuring it out rough stage. True. Yeah, Oscars first decade. What a what a wide variety of movies to win Best Picture. And I think they figured it out. I think and yeah. it's like the Oscars knows. Like, okay, this is an Oscar movie. Yeah, we've got the now, formula. We got the formula. Yeah. Movies have figured out sound. Mm-hmm. You you notice how much more musical score played a part in the last couple movies we watched. Oh, definitely. You know, this is uh, we're we're at the we're on the precipice. We are of something. So next week, uh, what do we got? Next week we have you can't take it with you. Another Frank Capra film. Yes, he's going to win his third Best Director Oscar next week. Which yes, will he will. Be uh, that's the second most of anyone. Yeah. Uh, Frank, uh, John Ford has John the most. Ford. Uh, William Wyler and That's him three. both have three. Correct. That's it. They're, they're the only... Are they I think so. Spielberg. Spielberg only has... Well, I mean, two director. Yeah, he has two for director. Did he... Did, was he also a producer on Schindler's he List? Might have, he might have won more Oscars. I think so. But I... But I it was director specific only twice. Director specific only twice. Um, so, uh, and there's a couple others, I think, who have won too. Right. But, um... Quite a few of ones. Robert too. Wise has two, for yes. instance. Um, one of which he shared, but we'll get to that. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but I have not seen You Can't Take It With You. Uh, you Can't Take It With You, I have seen a couple times. So I have an unfair advantage going in. You do. So you must like it if you've seen it twice. I, I like it. I don't think... I can already tell you I don't think it's my best picture winner for 1938. That's and fair. I, I, it is my... Of the big Frank Capra movies of It Happened One Night... Uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Mm-hmm. It's it's under all of those for me. Gotcha. Because um, this one is based on a play, and I think it does feel like it is. A little stagey. But it does also have a great cast. Yeah, more of an ensemble. It's a very ensemble. Movie, right? Yeah. Movie. Mm-hmm. And and the, the entire cast is great in this movie. It's, it's wonderful. It, and so that... 
is wonderful, but it feels the least cinematic to me of all right. of Frank Capra's movies. Sure. So, so I have mixed feelings Fair on it enough. winning Best Picture. Also, next year is the year that Adventures of Robin Hood came out. So, <laughs> um. <laughs> competition. <laughs> so that's my feeling. So um, fun. All right. Well, well we will be with you guys again next week. See you then. Bye.